With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Another live broadcast of Spirituality Today. I'm your host, Jamie Sanders, along with my co-host, Denise Jurgen. I'm coming to you from Pensacola, Florida. And Denise is live with us, of course, from Unity of Music City in Nashville, Tennessee. And so on today's broadcast, we're doing something a little different. Today, you get just Denise and I, and we're going to have a great time because sometimes I don't think we get to engage as much as we would like to. So today's broadcast is all about us talking with one another, engaging in conversation about the idea and the thought of living the fifth unity principle. So for those of you that are listening and you don't know the unity principles, there are actually five of them. And the fifth one, and we may bring up the rest of them during this broadcast, but the fifth one says, through thoughts, words, and actions. We live the truth that we know. So Denise says, you know, let's, let's look at that. And what does that mean as spiritual beings? How do we live that? What does it mean to us when we hear those words? Because sometimes I think when we hear things, we don't always fully process. We just go, oh, isn't that nice? So I'm going to hand it over to Denise right now, and we're going to get the ball rolling. If you would like to call in today with your comments or questions, you could call in to area code 516-531-9329, and that again is area code 516-531-9329. But please hear us. If you were calling in just to listen, we ask that you block your phone number or listen through your computer so that we don't stop the flow of the conversation to take calls that hang up. So if you call in, we'll see you, and we will get to a place where we can take your call and hear your questions or your comments. At this time, Denise, welcome, and how's life with you? You know, life couldn't be any better in this moment. Things are rocking and rolling and at Unity of Music City, and um, things are actually moving forward in the city of Nashville, and it's one of the reasons I talked with Jamie last night and said I believe that this would be a timely conversation. Um, the mayor of Nashville has asked for a lot of the leaders in Nashville to come together and have what she calls real talks on race, equity, and leadership. And 
because of all the things that are going on in our world today, she is wanting to bring people to the table who can have conversations about really what is it that's going on and how do we want to create Nashville a city to be a good city that people will want to come and live in. And in saying that, I invited the members of my congregation to one of the talks, and I had 25 members show up with myself. And it was pretty awesome. But in also saying that, I I realized that, you know, I've, I pushed some people a little bit into something that I don't know if, if they were um, okay with or if they felt good about. And so I've been doing some debrief with them because what I know is, you know, I have asked them to live the truth they know as they walked into these conversations with people who are not always going to believe the truth that we believe in unity. And my experience has been varied with that. And I know some congregants wanted to go be a part of this and some congregants did not. I had many congregants who wanted to just pray about the talks. And so I have been sitting with myself going, what is it that Charles and Myrtle really were saying when they created these principles? And, of course, Jamie and I know that there were many more principles than these five basic ones. These were the ones that were pulled out. But this fifth principle is more about how I show up in the world and the actions that I choose to do and what's going on inside my own gut and my own mind and my own heart right now is that this is a huge question for New Thought Ministries. Um, I will say that my experience of being in New Thought Ministries for the probably 26, 27 years that I have been is more of meditation and prayer and possibly sending some money, but not necessarily going out into the highways and byways and really doing something in a community that's going to make a whole lot of difference. I also know that recently when the Orlando shootings happened, that the unity ministry there, and Alice, that is the unity minister there, got very involved with the community and with a lot that was happening with the LGBT community there. And so, Jamie, I'm just asking you first, what is the this principle and what are we teaching people about living the truth we know? How do we take what we know out into our world every day and what does that look like when we show up with it? Well, you know, I've got the I've got the five basic unity principles here in front of me and you know, one of the things we do is every time we open our board meeting, we read the five basic unity principles to remind our board members what our purpose is in being around the table of of overseeing and being the leaders of a ministry. <clears throat> and so I like the idea because, you know, real quick, let's I'm just going to run through what the five basic ones are and we'll discuss number 5. Cool. Number 1 is there is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life, God the good. 
Number two, our essence is of God, therefore we are inherently good. This God essence, called the Christ, was fully expressed in Jesus. Number three, we are co-creators with God, creating reality through thoughts held in mind. Number four, through prayer and meditation, we align our heart-mind with God. Denials and affirmations are tools that we use. And then the fifth one that we're discussing currently is through our thoughts. I'm going to break it down very slowly. Through our thoughts, through our words, and through our actions, we live the truth we know. And the truth is with a capital T, which means that it is absolute and unchangeable. So I think what you're saying, and I think it's really important that we discuss this, through the thoughts that we hold in our minds as spiritual beings, the words that we speak, whether conscious or unconscious, and the way that we show up and behave in life is how we are to be living our truth that we know as our reality. So I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about what Reverend um, Alice Anderson down in the Orlando area. She engaged very quickly. She was very vocal. She was appearing a lot in community activities, and I admired that. Um, every unity minister, every new thought minister, where it's Centers for Spiritual Living or Divine Science or Independent, each minister shows up just as differently as every Baptist minister, every Methodist minister, Catholic priest, uh, rabbi. It's about, you know, there's a mix of personalities, and some of us are out of the box and wild and outspoken, and some are reserved and quiet. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think it's important that you and I have talked about this often, and when we've been in the car, and even over dinner, we've talked about it with Judy, that people are always watching us to see how we do what we do when we're leaders of an organization, of a ministry. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think um, you guys at your church have this amazing energy of people who are alive, alert, and enthusiastic. We have some of those, too. I think it's important that we ask ourselves, you know, a lot of times when we hear these things, we say, oh, I can think of somebody who could use this. No, we're talking about you and I today. We're talking about anyone who's listening. How are we showing up in life and living this spiritual principle? It doesn't necessarily have to be unity. But how are we showing up with our thoughts, with our words, our actions? And are we living the truth, capital T, absolute truth, unchangeable truth, as we know it? So that's my take on it. I want to hear more about how you see yourself living in, first of all, as Denise the person, then we'll get into Denise, you know, the Reverend Denise. But as Denise the person, do you think and feel in your consciousness that you are doing the fifth principle to the best of your ability? Well, you know, I can say yes on some days, and I can say no on other days. And and what I will tell you is I, I just finished Lunch Bunch just a moment ago, and we are studying the uh, book by Karen Armstrong, The Twelve Steps of a Compassionate Life, and today's lesson was about being mindful. And I will give you an example. I was in Walmart before I got here because I needed to pick up its lunch bunch, and we eat while we're there. And I was like, oh, dear God, I don't have anything I can take. So I went through the line that says 15 or less items. <clears throat> and I had a thing of tea 
and a salad. The woman in front of me that was already placing her stuff up there had at least 35 items. Now, remember, it said 15 or less. (laughs) Right. So I was like, okay, yay. (laughs) Well, I had a choice. But then there were like three of other other people that had come in behind me, so I would have had to have gone, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me, pardon me, and gotten out. I thought I could go over to where you check yourself out. But no, I'll just stay here. And I said, I'm going to be teaching mindfulness today, and I'm going to see how I do with this. So I sat there, and I noticed that there was a moment in in my inner being that kind of was like, did you ever see the movie Fried Green Tomatoes? Absolutely. Have you? No? Yes, I love that movie. That movie where the woman just, you know, says, I have more insurance and I'm older, and she rams into this person's car. You know, there was a little part of me there for just a moment that I thought, lady, (laughs) what's your problem? (laughs) I have a tea and a salad, and you've got 35 items. And did you see this sign? And then I thought, hmm, mindfulness, which I'm teaching today, and the fifth unity principle, which I'm talking about today, how do I live the truth that I know? Do I remember that there's one presence and one power? And do I remember that I am an expression of that in this moment? I have no idea what's going on inside of this woman except for the fact that she's obviously oblivious to the sign that's here in front of this thing. And so about that time when I realized that I was going to shift my own thoughts, the lady who was checking out made eye contact with me and winked, and I grinned, <laughs> and <laughs> and she looked at me and said, with without making noise but just mouthed, I'm sorry, and I said, it's okay. I think that that's part of it. That's just one little example, but it's like, how do I really show up in the world and act using the unity principles that I know? Do I act like a horse's patoot when I'm out there somewhere, you know, or do I really go, wait, As I shared with some people today, because I think sometimes people get confused about what new thought really means, you know, new thought to me means that I can have a new thought every moment. Because living in these human bodies, I at times have a thought like fried green tomatoes. I've got more insurance and I'm older than you, honey. I can just run right over the top of your car if you don't get it out of my way. But... (laughs) You know, I also can have a new thought and go, you know, I have no idea what's going on with this individual, and I'm going to be compassionate and mindful that I would rather be peaceful in this moment. And I can take a different action, which is a different thought, a different words, a different emotion, a different action, and begin to live the truth that I know that works. And again, I will go back to the way I answered your question first. Some days I do it well, and some days I don't. What about you? Yeah, same here. I mean, I've been real big on in the last year or so, really trying to be so mindful about 
do you react to something or do you respond? And I, I've said it on the show before. I think when we react, it is the very human side of us that wants to be right, that wants to point out what is not working, um, that someone we feel attacked, and so we start yelling and screaming. But when we can be conscious of, like you did in the grocery line, <laughs> that I, I can respond to this. And like when the lady said, I mean, when the lady said to you, that basically the cashier lady saying that she was apologizing, I mean, you could have went on a rampage. You could have made a I scene. And you go, what does that add to the pot? It adds more craziness. It means, you know, I always say to people <clears throat> when we, we complain about things, is the complaining, sometimes it's just like letting the pressure out of the um, pressure cooker, you know, the steam. Right. But it doesn't really change a thing. Actually, when we get quiet and we get still and we reflect on our truth of who we are as spiritual beings, we see that when we got angry, that when we started going on a rampage about complaining, it only added more to the chaos that was before us. But when we can be still, I mean, I've done the same thing. I've been in line at the grocery store, and I see, you know, I mean, they're not opening another lane. And, I, you know, the human parts go, well, you know, what's going on here? And then I go, peace be still. This could be my protection from pulling out of the parking lot at a moment that wouldn't serve me well. So I'm going to trust this. I may not be unhappy, but just take a deep breath. And people have turned to me and said in front of me when they've got a whole buggy, you know what I mean? So they'll already have half their yeah. stuff being and They'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I go, hey, it's not going to do any good to complain. You're checking out, and I'm checking out, and everything's okay. That doesn't mean on some days I wouldn't like to say, can I count those for you? Does that look like 15 to you? You know, that crazy stuff. But, I mean, we have to catch ourselves. But, you know, again, yeah. you made the point, and I love the point, about being mindful and I tell my congregation all the time, be mindful to the best of your ability. I always add that in because we're all in different places of consciousness and awareness. But be mindful of how you do what you do. Are you mindful of when you're walking in an airport? This is one of my things. In an airport, and people are rushing to get to their gate, and somebody's standing in the middle of the main thing looking on their phone, and people are having to dodge them and it's like oh my god get out of the way so i try to be so mindful that if i'm not in a rush to get to my gate you move out of the main aisle why don't you just lay down and take a nap i mean so it's <clears throat> how are you and i showing up and are we mindful if i you know i don't always count the items you know the i've been going through the self-checkout like you mentioned and one of my right. friends pointed out the other day why do you do that and i said it's just easier to me and um, they said, you do realize that you're probably going to end up costing someone a job because you're checking, oh, I never thought of that. That was never my intention. Right. So it, it is about how mindful are we um, as, as spiritual people, first and foremost, but how mindful are we as everyday people who don't give a, a rip about being spiritual or religious? Are we thoughtful? Are we kind? And, you know what I mean, passing people, I do it all the time. I smile at people. And right. they don't smile back. And you just, I guarantee you, the majority of the time, they're not even thinking, oh, I'm supposed to smile back. Right. You know, I say, excuse me, in the aisle, the grocery store, if I reach over to get the, you know, A1 sauce, and right. someone's there, I say, excuse me. But I watch people go right past people, and I go, I try to be so mindful. I try to, yesterday I was at the grocery store, I was putting my card up in one of those parking lot things, 
Mm-hmm. And an older couple was next to me, and they had just emptied their car. And I said, here, I'll take that for you. And the gentleman, they looked at me, and he said, you're hired. And we laughed. But I thought, you know what? It, it only takes a second for us to step out of our our stuff about everything. You know, I'm having a, and I do the air quotes, bad day. But it is about us being mindful and through the, the thoughts we hold in mind. I understand what you meant about the lady putting 35 items on <laughs> on the little conveyor belt when yes, it said 15. I counted them. They were 35. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't miss a one. You know what I mean? So. Lord mercy. You know, one of the things that I remember from class today is that mindfulness is really a form of prayer meditation. And, you know, prayer and meditation is one of our other unity principles. It's uh, through prayer and meditation we align our heart and mind with God, or however you want to say that. Right. And I think that sometimes we think that that practice is something we have to go in the closet to do or sit in the lotus position and do whatever. But, you know, sometimes it only takes a breath when I can remember, to become mindful in a moment so that I don't act like a toot. I'll I'll be nice with my (laughs) words in this moment. How's that? You know, because we're all human. We all have emotions. You know, I talked a little bit today in class about our reptilian brain, that fight-or-flight response that we have, that we all have and that I have to begin to work with these new thoughts to do something different, to not react, as you were talking about, to respond a different way, to have a brand-new thought. And I think that that's part of this living the truth that we know, knowing that being mindful is a form of this meditative kind of way to live, that I'm always checking in with me and going, okay, how is how am I feeling in this moment? You know, and what would be the... You remember when I... I can't remember how many years ago it was. Maybe it was in the 80s. I don't know. Everybody wore those WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? Of course, we call that what mm-hmm. would Judy do in our church, not Jesus. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what is it that I could have with me or use that I would always be mindful in every moment. Is this really what I want to do? I had a woman in, in class last week that that said that she has done this so much with her dog. She's been training a dog. And she said that every time the dog tries to do something that it's not supposed to do, she said, I raise two fingers and I get the dog's attention and I go, eh, eh. So what I told her is today, when I was standing there in that line at Walmart, all of a sudden I heard this woman's voice in my mind go, eh, eh. And I thought, well, yay. (laughs) That little eh, eh kept Denise from showing her tail, you know. It's like, what can I do to have a different thought? And I think... Part of it is is reminding all of us that, you know, even the minister, I am not too good and too holy to 
show my tail at times. And so I, th- this is a practice. Mindfulness is a practice. The truth that I know is that it's not theory. It's a practice that I have to practice every day. And I, I don't know about you, but as the minister of this congregation, that's probably the thing I try to teach more than anything else is I can sit in church every Sunday morning, I can come to every class, I can watch every video, I can do everything, but until I take these out on the road and do the fifth unity principle, all I've done is talk. I mean, I have some great people in this church who can recite these five principles backwards and forwards. But if you followed them around every day, you would go, my word. You know what I mean? Oh, I I do know, and that's what I'm sitting here thinking to myself is, you know, first and foremost, we are still in a body. You know, people go, well, you're a minister and you should be. Please don't hold me hostage to that crap. I'm a person. And, you know, we are taught in in truth principles that we teach what it is we require to learn the most. (laughs) And so... You know what I mean? You you really do yes. have to learn. And it is about, oh, my God. You know, I've, I've found one of the most powerful things, and I do it to myself all the time when I'm alone. I will say, what are you really upset about? And right. even when someone starts yelling and screaming at us, whether it's somebody we're married to, partnered with, it's a coworker or a family member, if we could be so mindful to, you know, not react and scream back, but to wait for a moment and then say, what is it that you're really angry about? Right. What is it that you're really sad about? You know, I always say, Gary Simmons always used to say when people are doing that, and they go, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. And then they, you finally break down all the pretense, you know, and the person will say, I felt rejected by you. I've, I've always wanted to be your friend, and I feel rejected too. So then you go, oh, well, here's what's really going on with me on that. That was not my intention. But, I mean, even for us to ask ourselves when we fantasize about making um, a scene or expressing ourselves uh, without conditions is to remember that, like I say, someone is always watching. Someone will hold us accountable for that explosion and that by no means people who are listening in does it mean that we are ever to be um, disrespected or abused by anyone you and I do that enough to ourselves let alone to allow somebody else to come do it but (laughs) it is about going wait a second you know I always I've told all my people in my circle I've told board members through the years when you hear me say And I know it's, you know, I really want to find a new way to say it, but it's what comes out, and I'll say, now you've made me mad. Yeah. And I get the thing, people don't make us mad, um, but I want them to understand, when you hear me ever say that, um, Dr. Barbara King always says there's a storm coming. And so when <laughs> I say, now you've made me mad, right. you better listen, because I'm about to express, I've never been one to raise my voice and scream. But like I say, I fantasize about it. I would love sometime to pull a Jesus in the temple. You know what I mean? When someone <laughs> yes. disrespects me or thinks they get to talk to me that way. And so that's when I go through my thoughts that I'm holding in this moment, 
through my words, be mindful of what's about to come out of your mouth because sometimes they cannot be taken back or soothed over. I mean, we know that from past relationships. Things can be said that are so hurtful. You may forgive the person, but somewhere it's buried beneath layers of our already unworthiness feelings that it, it, it's harmful to the whole psyche of who we are. So that's what I'm saying. We, we do the best we can. Maya Angelou said, when we know better, we do better. If we hurt someone, um, I, I mean, I know for myself, but I'm going to ask you, as minister, have you ever had a congregant say, you hurt me? Mm-hmm. And my thing is, is I said, okay, stop right there. Please, I'm listening. And then when they tell me how I hurt them, and I'll say to them, I never say I am sorry. We've talked about that, I think, before. Johnny Coleman said, you do not affirm sorrow. So you say, I apologize. But I always say to them, my hurting you, that was not my intention. And if it did, that was never what I intended to do. So please forgive me. But here's where I was coming from, and I hope that that gives us some clarity in our relationship. I don't ever remember ever purposely plotting to hurt somebody you know, I mean, we had something happen the other night in the board meeting about one of our one of our members really, uh, and I, I, I try not to use the word should, one of our board members could step down because they've not been able to commit to their job description the way they could. Right. And it was being brought up, and finally, you know, they said, well, do you not want me on the board anymore? And I said, everybody stop. Everybody stop, because you can feel the tension. And I said, I say every Sunday beginning of my message today is a new day say that with me please and I said so in this sacred moment of this board meeting you have the option of making this a new day that you either own up that you have not given your highest and best to your position and you walk away or you recommit before all of us here that you're going to do your best and I said I should never have to ask any of you to step down if you know that you're not serving in integrity and honor, you are the one that should come and say, I've not given my best and I'm either going to take a leave of absence. You feel the energy immediately change in the room. You know, instead of you, 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 and you're a sorry board no, the the person has been through an emotional, challenging time, and we always want to be compassionate, but we also have to stick to, if I'm not honoring my agreements, then as Edwin says, I must make a new agreement with you. Right. So that's what I mean about through, through our thoughts, our words, and our actions, which our actions say a lot about, I mean, like you said a minute ago, you, we can talk about this stuff till we're blue. Mm-hmm. But if someone doesn't know us, but they only know of us and they see our interactions in the community and our post on Facebook, which is a whole other subject, <laughs> it tells the world Ooh, who we are. That's a different are. subject for a different day. <laughs> A whole other 90 minutes. But I'm uh-huh. saying, you know what I mean? It's about, do I, is that really what I want to post? Is that really what I want my, my thought of the moment, my thought of the day to be to those who follow me on Facebook, that I'm being a negative Nell and that I'm, <laughs> I'm bashing this candidate over that candidate? And I say to people all the time, I don't want to participate in that vibration when I'm in social media. My purpose right. on social media, you know, I said the other day to somebody, do you think all those videos I post of me, um, I do it because I enjoy watching myself? It's part <laughs> of my job to market. Right. And there's some videos I go, oh, holy mo take that down. Look how right. bad you look there. 
So it's about always what our intention is through our thoughts, our words, and our actions, that we live our truth. And, and sometimes to me, it, people say to me, well, it's so hard, Jamie, it's so hard to forgive, it's so hard to be nice, it's so, well, keep affirming it, and yes, it is. Right. So I, I never say things are hard, I say they're challenging. It's a challenge, right. but I can overcome it. And so I really want us, when we talk about, I mean, that's one thing. Somebody said to me the other day, I never even told you this. Somebody told me, said, I've been going back and listening to some of the shows you've been doing. Uh huh. So I froze. You know what I mean? Because here comes the critique. Well, yeah. Oh, Lord, what are they going to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the person said, you guys are so authentic on that show. And you say things, you don't just say things because they sound like you're supposed to say them. You say things and you each bring something to the equation of the conversation that is so different. And it's sometimes I go, oh, I, I guess I never saw that or I never thought it in, in that way. And I mm-hmm. want to thank you. And I said, that means the world to me. Well, you know, I said, because Denise and I don't get paid for this. I mean, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so I said, we do it because we're passionate. But when you get the feedback that somebody said, that show really meant a lot to me. When so and so said, or you said, or and and said, even the way that you close with the music, I can't turn the show off until the whole song is finished. And I go, I know what you mean. So right, we are doing something good in the world with our thoughts, Yay. our words, and our actions. Yeah. So you know what comes up for me now when I think about all this is, you know, if I if I am living the truth that I know then what would it look like if I believed there was one power and one presence in my life? What would that really look like? How would I live my life differently? And, you know, the first thing that comes up for me, and this is probably another soapbox that Denise gets on quite a bit, is the victimhood thing. you have any people in Florida that play the victim card? You can't think of a single one. <laughs> yes, all the time. And I've been known for a couple of minutes to do it myself, and then I have to go, oh, please, you know, stop. Right. Because the deal is, if I believe there's one presence and one power, then what I've done by playing the victim card is go, well, no, that out there is a presence and a power that is against me, you know? And I probably work harder than anything else in what I deal with here on a day-to-day basis with with congregants because I think that that's one of the things people don't understand about ministry is it's you know as John McClain told me years and years ago the the talk on Sunday morning is the cherry on top that's the good part (laughs) maybe the whipped cream too but it's like the things that you do during the week when you have those one-on-one conversations with people or board meetings or those kinds of things, when you are never, ever not on, you are the minister. You know, it's, it's very difficult to not be the minister. And so it's like these conversations that you're constantly having with people of, are you aware of what just came out of your mouth? And that you are coming from a place of being a victim and... What if we tried to reframe that on some level or, you know, empower your, yourself in some sort of a level? Because, 
you know, when you begin to think about the first two unity principles, there's one power and one presence in my life, and it's God the good, and the essence of all of that is alive in me. It was expressed by Jesus, but now it's expressed as the Christ in me. I don't have to be a victim. I can I can look at this in a very different way. And I would like to hear your thoughts about being living this unity life and what you show up like when you truly believe the truth of number one and number two. Well, I think the whole thing about saying there is only one presence and one power, because, you know, what, what I find a lot of times when we say that, people say, but what about the devil? What right. about Satan? <laughs> And the universe right. is made on duality. Maybe yours. I'm not buying into that anymore. I don't give my vibes to darkness and evil. I don't use the right. word evil. Um, right. But I, I do, you know, when we say it in, in church on Sunday mornings, there's only one presence and one power, God the good, which people don't even hear that. And I say, did you hear that? God the good, not God the punisher. God, right. the, I'm going to smite thee. But God the good. And that if we lived our vibration from... I am only, you know, I mean, one of the things that keeps coming to me, and I keep hearing it in my head all the time throughout my day, surely goodness and mercy Mm -hmm. shall follow me. It doesn't say, you know, depression and lack and limitation, (laughs) but surely goodness. So what we're called to do is focus on the good. And people go, what does that mean? Well, it means Mm -hmm. when you go to complain, like I use my favorite one because we're in the South. When I go to tell right. everybody how damn hot it is, it doesn't right. change the temperature. Right. But if I say, look at how green everything is because of this humidity. Right. And where's the nearest <laughs> AC? Because right. I love that, too. So, I mean, it, it's about going, what is it that I really want to express? And when people, how do people feel? I mean, we've talked before, I, I mean, even privately about, wouldn't it frighten you to think that you're one of those individuals that when you walked in a room that people scatter like cockroaches when the lights <laughs> turned on because right. you have entered the room and you're so dank and dark that nobody yes. wants to be your friend? Wouldn't that yes. devastate you? So you go, okay, Father, Mother, God, how am I showing up? You know what I mean? I had somebody recently tell me, said, well, you know, you come across very arrogant, which really I was like, <laughs> What? And they go, yeah. And I, I laugh because I said, you don't know. You have no clue. And I say all the time, I would talk to a tree. But when I walk in a room, I have to feel the energy because I'm real big about energy. I know that you are too. Yes. I have to feel the energy, and I want to find the right and perfect area to be and stand and who I choose to engage with. It's never about arrogance. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's not. I have to work on the opposite of, you know, when I go up to, you know, I'm never fearful to get up and speak, but ask me to sing a song. That's why when I watch you do, I, when you start singing, I'm like, she doesn't even look like she's scared, you know. <laughs> but well, I, I, I don't. people don't know where we're coming from. Right. Yeah. And so I want that. I want that confidence to walk up and go, shamalama ding dong, shamalama ding dong, <laughs> and not care. <laughs> Yes, yes. And again, you know, even talking about that, what is the truth that we know? 
And I think that that is very important words because some of us don't know certain truths. We can so only give me live. an example of what you mean by that. Well, just a moment ago, you just said, and this is not let's do therapy with Jamie on, on live television or live, live radio, <laughs> but, you know, you have an amazing voice. I've said that to you many times, but, you know, it's not going to make any difference how many times I say that until that is the truth that you know. Right. Does that make sense to you It does, all? and so, yeah, and, and that's so what I'm saying. Other people can say it. You know, does that make sense? Right. If you live the truth you know, right. I, I tell people all the time, because we have people that will come in here and will say, I really would like to be a part of the praise and worship team, or I would like to do what, but I'm really, really scared. And I'm like... You don't want to get up on the stage at Unity of Music City. I want to say Unity of fucking Music City, but, you know, we probably just had people leave the radio show at that point in time. This is Nashville, Tennessee. You know, you don't get up on a stage in Nashville, Tennessee and be scared. Right. Because there's too many people. Does that make sense? So you've got to live the truth you know and... What would it take for you to really know the truth of who Jamie really is? That's the the piece that I do to work with congregants sometimes or when I'm coaching people because I can, from sitting here in Nashville, Tennessee, tell you all day long, I love it when you sing. I love it when you sing. I love it when you sing. I love when you put a video out there on your Facebook when you're singing. But you have to know that is the truth. Does that does that help at all? Right, and and what I what I'm hearing you say, and so I'm thinking to people who are listening to this, is <clears throat> it's part of, um, like I said a moment ago, when you would either I ask myself or I ask a person who comes in for counseling, what is really going on with you? What right. is this really about for you? And that's what I mean about right. having that relationship that that. Um, you look inside yourself instead of going, well, the reason I'm I'm angry is because, you know, this one over here made me mad. No, right. You chose, you bought into something. You either felt right. and it brought up a memory of something where someone disrespected you or you felt attacked and you didn't st- stick up for yourself. And right. so that's what, for me, what I know on the, on the singing end of it for me is it is so personal that... Yes. That's when I feel like, you know, we talk about touching the hem of the garment. When I'm singing, yes. I feel the vibration that goes through my physical body and my spiritual body. Mm-hmm. So when I get up to do that, I can get up and talk and cut up and play. But when I go into that space, it's very sacred to me. Right. And I want to, I want to move through that energy mm-hmm. and go, I'm good. I'm good. I, yes. I don't, there, who, there's no one to impress, you right. know. And so, but that's what I'm saying for people who are listening today, whatever you're dealing with, whatever, if you're in the grocery store and you get mad because the person in front of you was not mindful of how many items they had, is to ask yourself, what am, what am I really, I guarantee you it's not about 35 items. Right. And for us to ask spirit to reveal to us through our thoughts, our words, and our actions, what is this really about, and what must I change in me? And I hear you, folks. I try to be mindful all the time. You know, I ride in a car with women who are putting their lipstick on, driving down the highway. Are they getting in the car, and it takes 20 minutes to get in the car? 
and 20 minutes to get out of the car, and I'm like, I'm going to kill somebody. Right. Because they got to put their makeup on, and they got to, you know, and I, I just go, what, what, what's your rush? I don't like to be late. I'm very anal about being late. Right. You even know when I speak at your church, I'm there. Yes. I'm one of the first people there, and I'd rather right. get comfortable and have a cup of coffee, watch everybody rehearse. I love that. But to come squealing in at the last minute, it's not who I am. And so that's what I say. So then when someone does that to me all the time and they're late and I don't know if they're showing, I tend to get a little stressed out about that. And, and then people go, right. you're, you're trying to control. No, I set parameters for myself on what I expect from me, keeping my word, showing right. up. You know, I mean, with all this gas situation that's going on that we're hearing about on the news, I was supposed to be in the mountains right now at a retreat with the UMAS, the, the sub-region of the Southeast right. Region for Unity Churches. Watching the news, I prayed. I was given the guidance. It was not a wise choice to take off with a crapshoot of whether I wouldn't be stranded finding gas. Right. You know what I mean? But I have to yeah. Saturday, this coming Saturday, I'm doing a presentation at Callaway Gardens. And so what I'm knowing is, and and to be presented this award on Saturday evening from Dr. Barbara King, I, I could surrender being there for the award. I don't want to. But the very thought of not honoring my agreement with Centers mm-hmm. for Spiritual Living Atlanta is not acceptable to me. Right. I must show and give my highest and best to them. And so that's what I say about us through our thoughts, words, and actions. Are we living the truth we know? And that's not to say to anybody listening, and I'll be honest with you, that Denise and I are saying that we are masters Mm-mm. over any of this. But that's why we talk about these things with each other on the air so other people can listen to go, oh, so they go through the same things. They have moments where they doubt themselves. They have moments where they get angry. They have moments where they cry because they were wounded by something someone said or did. And so I think it's it's wonderful that we share the things that we share on the show together like this. Most definitely. You know, the thing that comes up for me around all of that is I love – Edwin, when she says, obviously this person did not get Queen Edwin's edict for the day. You know, <laughs> you've heard her say that. Because, you know, when you said the woman in front of me in, in the store, and it wasn't really about 35 items, it was about that. It was Denise's edict for the day. This is the fast lane, and I'm supposed to be through in about 20 seconds, and how dare you not follow the rules? You know what I mean? Right. Because you're in my way, and if you'd only had two or three items, I'd already be up there. You know what I mean? But you know what? But you always you always do this. You make a, such a point, which just triggered another point. The question to me is, and I, and I, I try to do this, and sometimes I'm a little slower at it than others according to where, what I'm processing, but then in that moment, if we could ask ourselves, because w- what I hear when I hear that story is somebody's breaking the rules, <laughs> teacher, somebody's breaking the teacher, rules. Teacher, <laughs> Right. So I think to myself, oh, where do you do this? Where uh-huh. do you break the rules? Yes. Where do, and then you go, oh, crap. Oh, crap, mm-hmm. I have. Where have you said things that hurt other people? Right. Sometimes it was never intentional. You know, sometimes we don't know, like you made that point earlier, you never know where somebody's at, what they're dealing right. with and what they're going through. And we make a comment even, and doing the air quotes, kidding, we make a comment and the person is very hurt, and you didn't even know that you hurt them because you don't know what that triggered in them. And that's why I go, 
when you see that someone all of a sudden is asked, I mean, did I do something that upset you? You know what I mean? So it's always about checking ourselves. Where were my thoughts about a person? I'll tell you another thing that really, as as a leader in ministry, and I bring it up often, people not keeping their word. Oh, yeah. And I, I always say, I guarantee you that you do this in all areas in your life, not just at the church. But you do it, I guarantee you, in your relationships. You don't show up the way you say you're going to show up. You don't follow through. You, you know what I mean? And so you go, yes. where, and then I have to do that too, and I go, where have I not shown up? Right. I try to do my best, but when it's happening to me, it's just like, you know, the, we're in a building, I mean, that's 110 years old. It's an old Catholic church. It's breathtaking. But it's for, and let me rephrase that before I affirm something. We have had challenges <laughs> okay. since this church moved in this building in the 80, early 80s with a leaky roof. It's 110 years old, I believe. Wow. So I said to myself, okay, metaphysically, the roof is leaking. Um, not too long ago, the kitchen sank, the pipes backed up, and it flooded Fellowship Hall. So we had a flood, which is a form of a leak. And so, you know, I was in prayer about that. I was like, okay, metaphysically, Spirit, what, what is leaking? Mm-hmm. And so then I, I started wanting to blame myself. And I, what I heard in my meditation was, you are not the entire consciousness of the ministry. Right. If your right. house is leaking, if, you know what I mean? Then yes, you've got to look, I but I, so I said somewhere we have to look at <clears throat> if we believe that the body and that our experience out are out picturing what's going on within us. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I don't do. know if you see that, but I have to realize sometimes I can't take on the whole congregation's issues, but I have to be doing my highest and best to empower them, and and that's why I said not too long ago to them which a couple people were offended, and I said, this is not a daycare center, but we are here to empower you. I mean, we can't pass out pacifiers, but we are here to empower you and teach you what these principles are. You know, Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. He did not say, pull up a lawn chair and let's chat about it. And and that's what I love. He was like, do you want to be healed, or do you want to just sit here and keep complaining? Right. I never got that all the years growing up in church when I heard that story. But I really, I've never, and I say that to myself sometimes, you know, do you want to transform this energy, or are you getting a payoff by being a, a titty baby? Right. Do you want to change the way things are happening in you, through you, and around you, so there must be a shift in your consciousness. You know, even if we're in a relationship with someone and the other one's lying and cheating and whatever, you know, I always say they're just being who they are. The question here, the issue is, why would you and I be drawn to that? And what must I change in me? If we're surrounded by crazies, you know what I mean? That's why I say, Father, Mother, God, I've had enough of nutty. I really have. I want some power-filled, principle-based spiritual beings to be surrounding me and empowering me to do what I do. What's your thoughts? Right. Well, you know, one of the things that comes up for me, because I did that for years, took the whole responsibility of this ministry on my shoulders, and I think... You've heard some of, you know, my stories of the minister that her and her husband had founded this ministry, 
and it actually came out of the Nashville ministry that is actually celebrating 100 years this weekend. That's really kind of cool. And we've been around for 20 years, but the those two ministers divorced, and so he left, and she was left here by herself. And I was kind of like her protege coming up in the ranks. And then when the ministry hired me to go finish my licensed teacher process and go through the field licensing program, I was hired on a Monday and she left on a Tuesday. And it was very interesting for me to not over that next year and a half that actually Gary Simmons was on the books at the association as the minister, the interim minister of our church because he couldn't be there every Sunday, but he could be there a lot. That was when his first wife was having her cancer. I don't know if you remember any of that at all. Mm -hmm. I do. um, He was on the books as the interim minister at our church, and, you know, he would try to say to me, Denise, you cannot take this whole thing on as your responsibility. You know, you have a leadership, and it's one of the things he told me – probably 550,000 times, is that the leadership's consciousness is the consciousness that is really moving the church forward. And I've tried to remember that. Yes, we have the congregants and a lot of people that are out there, but we have a group of people that are meeting together, and my leadership now meets twice a month. Now, we got there through weeping and gnashing of teeth, and I will tell you that... (laughs) It still sometimes can be weeping and gnashing of teeth. One meeting is just a regular meeting, just like any other board meeting. And this is not just our executive board, but this is the other 12 or 13 people because we have about 16 people that meet around the table. But these are the people that run ministries and everything in our church. One meeting a month is about the just the meeting, just the nuts and bolts of what's going on. The other meeting is a circle process, and we're digging. We call it a CSI meeting, Consciousness and Spirituality Issues. And I have, sometimes I run it myself. Sometimes I bring in a person who's a circle facilitator. If we want to look at something that I think it would be good to have somebody from the outside lead the meeting. But we look at issues like, oh, Joe Blow isn't showing up, hasn't shown up for, you know, two months and hasn't done any of the things that they said they were going to do because that is consciousness in your leadership. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? And then, you know, yes, I know that sometimes we as ministers go, okay, where is that in me? But I have to also be aware that, In this moment, I've got these 16 people, and our consciousness is melding together and moving the church forward. And so it's a constant kind of a my reminder to myself and these people that we have to be mindful and ream out our consciousnesses together. Does that help, hurt, make any sense at all? No, I think you're right. I do think it is about... um and and I, I do know, I don't always remember it, <clears throat> but when we have these conversations, I do realize that, you know, the right and, you know, people come and people go. Have you ever noticed that in ministry? And, yes. <clears throat> and some and of them are applauding as they leave, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, but you, you, you made it very clear. 
But, I mean, you know, there's some that go and you go, I, I've, I will always miss that person. I loved who right. they were. But I get it. If if we truly believe that everything is in divine order, which some people yeah. want to argue that, but if we really believe that everything is in divine order and that everything is, is in a season, you know, there's a season to laugh, a season to cry, you know, blah, blah, blah. But right. that we trust the process that, you know, that we came here together to do something. And some people leave angry because they couldn't get their agendas met, right. you know, and they can say what they want. You know, that old thing about uh, plays well with others. Some people don't. Right. And they want to manipulate and turn the church into what they think it should be. And they, right. what they don't realize is, imagine if, if we surrendered and we showed up and allowed the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to be the leader and that we really get into the heart space and get out of the head more. I mean, we're always in our head, and that's why I share on here all the time. People say, you know what I think? I could care less what you think. Tell me what you feel. In this moment, take a deep breath and say, this is what I'm feeling. Or when someone does want to complain and go, are you telling me that what just went on here on a Sunday morning and all these people singing and hugging and, and, and you know, saying that closing prayer for protection, all you have is a complaint? Right. It's you. Not right. That, and I oh, said yeah. today, talking with my board president, not that there is never room for improvement. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's always about, first and foremost, let us be grateful for what we have. Let us be thankful for what we have. I was sharing with somebody the other day about at your church, because I talk about you guys' ministry a lot, and I said, oh, they don't use the hymnals, that Judy Blackwelder, and right. they go, oh, I've heard of her. I said, Judy Blackwelder literally <laughs> writes all the music. And I right. said, do you realize what a gift that is? And that you have your own thing going, and people say, "Well, now, um, if you were to if you were to go to Nashville, what would you do?" And I said, "If I went to Nashville, my challenge would be, if I went as a ministry leader, I would be challenged because I would want to be over with Denise and Judy, right? <laughs> because that's where I get to let my hair down and have a good time, and and even in that energy." You know what I mean? We don't. I don't. I don't consider myself doing high church here. It's authentic church, right? And I, that's what I say about you guys. Um, it's authentic church, and you leave feeling good. You know what right. I mean? I think yes. Beth Beloit used to say something about you know everybody sugaring on each other, right? Yes. I grew up leaving church, going to the car, thinking I was unworthy. So I'll sign me up for leaving and dancing my way to the car. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Anytime. But it really is about. What is our intention with our mm-hmm. thoughts, with our words, with our actions? And there's nothing worse than being seen as being hypocritical. And we're all hypocritical about something. Yes. Whether it's politics, whether it's about, you know what I mean? There's always yes. something. But if we're going to be spiritual people, whether it's spiritual individuals on a path or you're a spiritual leader, that we, we continually in prayer and meditation ask for guidance on what is mine to do. That's why when we did the show with Judy, and I said to Judy, Judy, can you explain to me the creative process that you have flowed through you for new music? And it's about her being willing to show up. When you, you and I get an idea for a message on Sunday morning, I try right. not to call them sermons, but right. you know what I mean? That 
Somebody goes, where did that come from? Well, I heard a song on the radio, and there was a line in it that just spoke to my spirit. And I knew it's imperative that I talk about that today. And so it's about being committed to our spirituality. And so I think that's what the fifth principle is for me, is to be so mindful. Because still, I will say words that come out of my mouth, and I've done it a couple of times. I go, wait a minute, that's not what I want to say. Let me rephrase that. That's important to me. Yes. I don't want to say life sucks. I don't want to say <laughs> this world is a horrible place. That right. is not what I want to express. No matter what I see on CNN, I want to be able to know that no matter what I see, I truly believe that I know that I know that I know that God is active and present. Right. So, you know, what I'm doing in my brain is going, you know, the third principle is about the thoughts held in mind reproduce after their kind. And that's one of the ones that I know sometimes people have a little bit of struggles with when they come into unity because I've had people say, well, this is just the way I am. I just say things like this. And I'm like, okay, you know, I had, I, I hope this doesn't offend anybody if they're listening, but I had a congregant the other day that posted this big brouhaha on her Facebook page and put, you know, the people that think like this are dickheads. Wow. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And she's a congregant that sometimes will say, I don't know why, you know, you all don't want me up on the stage singing, and I don't know why people won't come to my workshops, and I don't know why, and I'm like, duh. You know, I don't think people begin to really realize that if if they're going to say they're a part of this new thought movement, it's time to lay down those old nasty things that we at times, I, I'm not saying at times it doesn't go through my head, but I'm definitely not going to post it on my Facebook page. You know what I mean? Right. Because right. thoughts in mind reproduce after their kind. What I can tell you is after this person did that, Oh, she got all kinds of nasty hits, and then eventually she was upset because of what people were posting on her page, you know. And and the little evil Denise wanted to go see. <laughs> Mother <laughs> told mind, you. Reproduce after their kind. You know what I mean? It's like I I don't know that people can really begin to understand that. You know, one of the things that I say a lot, and I can even tell you my dear friend Sharon Duffy doesn't like it when I say this, but when people will come and start saying stuff about things that they've said and what's going on, I'm going, how's it working for you? Because, you know, if my life is not working, I need to shift my thoughts first. You know, I need to shift my thoughts and my words and my emotions and my actions because if my world is not working for me, it's me. It's not everybody else. And so I would love to hear your thoughts around thoughts in mind reproduce after their kind. You know, do you have any of those congregants that say, this is just who I am, this is what comes out of my mouth? Oh, yeah. I mean, I call that the cop-out, you know what I mean? But that's what I was going to say to what you were saying was when we first found new thought, because I you know, when I first found Unity, when I first found New Thought, there was things I struggled with. And, uh, but I learned that, that's why I tell people too, I mean, instead of holding on to what you heard in the message or the class that, you know, pushed your button, 
how about let's focus on what you heard that made the goosebumps run up the back of your neck? Right. How about that we talk about, because there were things when I first got into this that made me very, um, you know, I shared before the whole reincarnation thing. Right. Uh, because I had been hammered by the fundamentalist church that it was it was wrong, it was of the devil. And so that's when I go, but then now today I say, you couldn't, you couldn't shake that belief from me if you tried. Right. Because, but I had to grow in consciousness to accept it. And we all have to do our our work to go, you know, what was the scripture that said, you know, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. Yes, yes. And, and I think that's about the whole thing about thoughts held in mind will reproduce after their kind. So if you go, you know, people say, I was sharing this the other day in the church, people say, well, you had a healing. They, you know, you see these ministers that hit people in the head and they fall out on the floor and they have a healing. They get up and they say, oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And then suddenly within the hour, they're back to their affliction that they've attached themselves to. So that's what I say about when you keep affirming you don't believe in something. Right. It will never be true for you. And the same thing as I, you know, we were, I did a workshop the other day over in Gulf Shores and um, the, a lady in the thing, she's 90 years old, and she shared that um, when her husband died, she kept saying for one year, my heart is broken. My heart is broken. Oh, wow. And she said, guess what happened? She said, I have seven stents. And she said, this stuff is real. And I said, I agree with you, it's real. It is literally real, and people roll their eyes. But I do think if you look at the things that we say, you know, I was sharing with them in Sunday service. I said, you know, people saying all the time, you know what kills me? I would choose not to use that term. Right. You know what pisses me off? And I said, isn't it amazing where our minds go first is to tell everybody what pisses you off. But if I was to ask you, what? What opens your heart to bliss? And they have to stop and think about it. So that's when right. I go, it's who we are. We're used to finding fault. We're used to critiquing everybody. But the moment you and I are critiqued, we go through the roof. So that's when right. I go, let's look at something and say, and I try to do that here when someone comes to me. Sunday I went back to the information table as soon as the service was done. And I stood there and people kept coming. And I said, this is my second time, my third time, and I just can't tell you what this ministry means to me. I have never gone to church. And I was like, I saw board members standing around listening, and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, let them hear how we do serve and how we do make a difference far more than I want to hear a complaint. Tell me that we, what we did right to empower you to be the best that you can be. So when you think what's wrong, what shows up in our experience is everything under the sun will be wrong for us. But when we adjust yeah. our, our attitude to saying, let me find something to bless, let me find something to praise, it changes us at depth, which literally, when we change, our conditions within us and around us change. Right. Which, which on some level, leads us to, you know, I, I love the, the thing that you were talking about, about help my unbelief, because that's a really right. cool story where, you know, Jesus is going to heal this child, and his father, all his father has ever seen is, it it speaks in the scriptures of this demon-possessed child. I'm thinking he probably had a seizure disorder or something, and it said that, you know, the child, when this was going on with the child, he would actually roll into the fire. And Jesus is is telling the man, you know, I'm going to, we're going to heal him, and he said, all things can be done for you if you believe. 
And right. this man said, you know, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I think that there are things in all of our lives that we struggle with, that we go, you know, I am living the truth that I know, and I desperately want, because I've had congregants who have said this to me, I desperately want to believe this stuff, but I'm just having a hard time. I desperately want to believe that if I change my thoughts and I change my words and I change my emotions and I change my actions, that my life is going to turn around. And what I generally say to them is, what have you got to lose? Exactly. Like Dr. Phil says, how's it working for you? (laughs) Right. Try it. I mean, most of us are living in chaos and we're sad and we're depressed, and that's when you go, if, if, when I change how I show up, conditions change. Right. If people say, you know, prayer, you know, people, a lot of people do think if I pray to God and I say the right, you know, prayer, God will give me what I want, like a gumball machine in public. Right. <laughs> and you go, you had the, you know, like the Wizard of Oz, we were talking the other day about the metaphysics of the Wizard of Oz, you had it in you all the time. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You had yes. it with the, the and, and Dolly has a song out where she talks about a witch, and she says there ain't no there ain't no magic in the crystal ball. It's mm-hmm. all within you, and that's what I say to people. I had it all the time to change my life, to make new choices, and it's a cop out when you say yeah, but for every yeah, but what you're saying is I'm not willing to budge. I'm not willing to do the work to change my life. Most definitely, which, you know, kind of leads us to the fourth principle, because I believe that that's what the prayer and meditation is about. I believe that that's the, the process of aligning ourselves with spirit. And the thing I like to share with congregants is that even Jesus, as holy as he was, And as wonderful as he was, sometimes people, his disciples, things started getting on his nerves. Like you said, he turned the tables over in the temple. But there were times when it said he had to leave and go up in the mountain. Now, I don't visualize that he went mountain climbing. I visualize that he moved himself away from what was going on and said, you know, I'm going to have to go pray about this or I'm going to have to go get centered or I'm going to have to go spend some time in the silence because he knew that if he kept doing what he was doing with the people he was doing it with, he might smack somebody, you know. Now, you may have a whole different opinion of Jesus than I do, but I I just see him as, as a human in those moments and going, you know, I need to get away from this so that I can pray and meditate and get myself back in alignment before I do something irrational. What do you think? Oh, I mean, there's been many times that I have, even, you know, at the end of a service, if there's been anything that um, I felt took in, um, I took into my energy field. Right. Uh, Spirit says, you know, as, as soon as they're, they're doing that prayer for protection, you better head to your office. Right. And so that's when I say, Trust the voice, trust the guidance. That's telling you that you're to go apart for a while, as, as we were saying Jesus did. You know, right. And I think a lot of it has to do with shifting the consciousness that if you're uh, religious, that you're supposed to be perfect, that if you're spiritual, you're not supposed to, to let the outer world affect you. But, you know, the truth is, 
we are, and a lot of people still debate this, whether or not, you know, we were created in that image and likeness of all that God is, and that therefore Jesus the man, you know, Yahshua ben Joseph the man, mm-hmm. had feelings, and he cried, and, and he was fearful of being crucified, and people forget that, and that you know, when he did turn the table over, I don't believe he was being mean. He saw uh, a disrespect for the principle, for the church, and he reacted, and I believe that was Jesus the man, who had said, I've had enough. You know, he's taught, I mean, how many times do you and I ever feel, who am I talking to? I mean, you're out there talking, and you look, somebody's texting, or you know, we got one now that's falling asleep, and I go, okay, don't take it personal. This isn't about them. This is about how you and I are living. And I always say to them, and I've said it to your congregation too, y'all just happen mm-hmm. to be here today. I'm talking to me. Right. This is about yes. me. And and if you can relate, hallelujah, but this is about my personal relationship with the God within me. Yes. So I, I do think that it's amazing that we are committed to forever doing our work and and that's not to say you know when you went through a time period <clears throat> you know we've never really talked about it. and one day I'd like to do a show about that we've we've tapped on it about, a few times about me being overwhelmed and backing away yes yeah. Yeah. yes because I think there is something there for other ministers to hear but also right. sometimes we feel that way in our personal lives in our marriages in our relationships in right. our jobs and that there is a time to pull apart for a while, not to have it be an ending. Right. You know, because look at look at the outcome. We thought you were gone. Right. You know what I mean? But spirit had something else in mind, and you listened. And that's right. what I think this show today is about, talking about these principles, is that, you know, through prayer, through meditation, we have to sit down and do it. You have to get still. Be still. It doesn't say be still and watch, you know, the Desperate Housewives. <laughs> It's saying, be still and know. So when we make a commitment to pray and to meditate and to align our heart, which means we open that heart space, and people go, when you say open the heart space, what does that mean? What do you think it means? You know what I mean? It means, I mean, sometimes you want to have a fly swatter. What do you think yes, that you means? Do. It means that you sit there and you say, I am open to love, to receive love, because some of us can give it. Right. Really well, we can be attentive to others, but we don't allow others to give it to us because we've been wounded, whatever the case may be. So that's what I'm saying. I really think that we are works in progress. We came here not only to learn, but especially, I believe, to teach one another, reflect to one another who we are. And you know as well as I do, every one of these new thought ministers that we dance with and play with, uh-huh. they're all different. They're all colorful. They're all working through issues of of hurt and and rejection from ministries that fired them. You know, people forget we're people too. So, yeah, I do believe for us to have any transformational experience, we must commit to times of prayer and meditation. Well, and the other thing I would like to hear your slant on is, you know, we, we talk a lot, and, you know, I'm actually maybe in a little bit different kind of a place as far as living in Nashville, Tennessee, than you are in Pensacola at the beach. But, you know, I'm really what I consider at the buckle of the Bible Belt. There is, uh, you know, lots of colleges that are supported by different religions, and 
there is a lot of what I consider the fundamental still belief systems, and people sometimes, when they break out of that and they come to us, one of the first things that they struggle with is prayer because they're still in that old type of beseeching, funky, what I call funky monkey kind of prayer. You know, oh, dear God, do something about me because I'm pitiful and I'm wounded and I'm a victim and, you know, and and it's getting people to begin to shift, you know, into affirmative, positive prayer, you know, and one of the first things I will say to people when they, you know, are becoming members and we're having classes is prayer is not for God. I don't want to change the universe's mind. I'm wanting to change my mind. So prayer is really for me. But I would like to hear your thoughts on what, what all that means to you. So, I mean, break it down for me one more time. Prayer, are we talking about prayer? or what Prayer. Are we affirmative prayer and how if you have any issues in your congregation like I said I think Nashville Tennessee is a very unique kind of a place here but we have people that come in here and they're so used to what I consider fundamental you know beseeching you know dear God I'm a lowly worm and I need your help kind of prayers and unity prayers are not like that and so it's a learning process for them to even begin to understand what this is all about. Well, every, you know, every Sunday when I do the meditation, mm-hmm. when I get towards the end of it, I mean, we do we take them on the guided um, thing right. or whatever it was I spoke about because we usually do the meditation after the message so right. that I can, you know, work the, what the theme was into the time of right. meditation. But always towards the end of that meditation, I say, and now – you know, we call to mind those that we offer our prayers for, our friends, family, coworkers, and we remember that we do not tell God what to do or how to do it, but we believe in the power of affirmative prayer, which means that we know that God is already active and present, and God has our back. And so that makes us light beings, light workers, as we affirm the truth over our loved ones. We see them surrounded in the white light of love and peace and wholeness, abundance and oneness. And we know that whatever we pray for others is actively being prayed for us. And that as I give, so shall I receive. And I know some people go, well, what's he mumbling about? (laughs) But I want them to get, you know, saying, dear God, please don't let Miss Smith die. And I remind them often, it's not your job to tell God, Miss Smith may be done. She right, has signed right. her contract, and her, her gig is up, and the bus is right. coming. So don't hold our loved ones back because of our desires, our personal right. wants. Their death is not about us. And people get aggravated at that, but I want them to get, <clears throat> we're each here for a time. We each signed up for this course. And we don't, I don't believe for a second that we leave until it is time for us to go. You know what I mean? And so I try to yes. remind people that. And that our prayers are always not, dear God, give me, give me, give me. But right. dear God, you know, I, I love the thing, too, that which I, we don't hear talked about much, that Jesus always gave thanks in advance. Thank you, Father, yes. for I know that you have heard me. And i like, dear God, I sure hope you got this memo because I ain't playing. i got to... You know, but thank you, God, because I know wholeness is my truth. <clears throat> Help me align my consciousness with my truth of being, which is wholeness and abundance. Help right. me forgive those that I refuse in my ego to budge. 
to lovingly release them and let them go, as Emily Cady said. And so that's what I want people to get, that there are times, even as ministers, that we have been hurt by other people. We think we know what this person is feeling. We think we know that they meant it as a slight to us. You find out later, had nothing to do with you. Right. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. I, I mean, this is what I love. I mean, we, like a, we got about five more minutes or so before we can start closing because I want to okay. play the song. But one of the, that's such a good point to me because I don't know that you and I have ever talked about this, but I, I never would ask anybody to let me speak at their church. Never. Right. And, wh- and what was that about? Fear of rejection. Because right. what if they said, uh, no. <laughs> right, so, right. I did mention one time when we were in school, I said, oh, I'd, you know, I love Nashville, I'd love to come. And I, I thought that you blew me off. Wow. And what I realized was later, because, you know, I always say we can only see through, like, the telescope thing. Right. But there's a whole bigger picture. You, it, it, I don't believe, so don't you dare tell me it was. I don't believe it was about me. Right. But I think you were, you were... As busy as I was in school, running a, a, a ministry full-time, tap yeah. dancing as fast as you could, and I right. thought, Denise just doesn't want me to speak at her church. She doesn't think right. I have what it takes to speak at her. And we get wounded by crazy yes. thoughts. Right. You know what I mean? And so then, you know, that's what I, and I always thought, well, God, she just won't let me near her to be her friend. And that, that, that's funny. the crazy, but then nobody knew what you were going through. Right. Do you know what right. I mean? Well, so that's because, what I go, you, you don't know, know if ministry, you don't ask. Yeah, our ministry really, you know, went through, when I was in school, we were still trying, as I said, to turn the ocean liner around. Because the minister that had been at this church, and like you said, maybe at some point in time we can talk about some of this, because I have thought about trying to do, put together a workshop for ministers around how to remain the minister during a difficult time and take care of yourself because that's happened twice in this ministry when i was put in as the spiritual leader right after all of that you know shift happened and then when our church was growing 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 and we needed to hire somebody and i needed to go on a sabbatical because i was about to fall apart And, you know, I had some people in leadership that were less than supportive of me and what I needed, and I ended up being sick. So, you know, it's it's interesting when we have ideas about people and they're not necessarily true. But, again, that goes back to that last principle. I can only live the truth I know. Right. And so for me in that moment, your I mean for you that truth might have been oh Denise doesn't like me and she doesn't want me in her ministry when probably Denise was probably thinking and I don't even remember when that was, oh dear God, I would hate to bring Jamie into the middle of all this mess. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, it's like it's it's very interesting that we do live the truth we know and sometimes that means more than the unity principles it means what i believe is true in my mind which might not be true so yeah exactly which is a good point that most of the time when we're in our humanness we are living the truth that we don't know but we're assuming Right. I assume right. that the world is out to get me. I assume that I'm not enough. I'm a, I assume that people, you know, think I'm arrogant. And then when you go like this and you go in the bigger picture, in that last moment when you're lying on your deathbed, 
Right. Is it going to matter worth a hoot that so-and-so didn't like you? If you know that you and I are showing up, you know, and again, I will say that doesn't mean that we don't still have work to do. If we're in a body, folks, we have work to do. We have yes. transformational work to do. And I always say about the healing energy, and I remind you, Reverend Delarie says there's nothing to be healed but only God to be revealed. Right. So we still have the God essence to reveal, which is part of our inner work. <clears throat> but you can't read people's minds, and yeah. you don't know something if you don't ask something. And all you can do is ask for them to communicate to you in a very loving way. Don't be accusatory. You know, I know what you meant, or I know. No, you don't. You don't know. Ask me what I feel. I said that today to the board president. Ask me what I'm feeling. Come right. to me and say, you seem a little sad. So ask me, and I will do my best to communicate with you. And I think we talked about some of that, too, before, about you know, nobody knows what somebody's dealing with. Nobody knows that you're dealing with this or that. And because we are leaders, we try to be strong continuously. Right, right. And there's also well, a thing there's not many ministers you'll share your personal stuff with because you think you're being judged. Well, and I, you know, the other thing that comes up for me, again, is that, you know, I did not want to leave this ministry and leave a bad taste in anybody's mouth about the ministry. You know, because I thought, if I'm leaving and I'm going, I had already said, you know, I'm leaving because I have to take care of me, and you all need to take care of you. But I didn't want to get out there and go, oh, these people are crazy as loons, because, (laughs) you know, what would have happened for them to try to find another minister if I'm out there saying these people are crazy as loons. So, you know, it's like sometimes I think, again, that probably people in the world don't really understand the magnitude of what it means to be a minister. You know what I mean? And to try to hold things in your heart that you feel like you can't really share with much of anybody. So. I do, I don't know and, that I, and that's sense. what I said. I just, it does make sense, and I just posted a minute ago on Facebook that, that you know, I said we are having, we are on the money today, and we are having a transformational experience with ourselves today, and I'm, right. I'm knowing that as other people download the show that they're going to get something from this broadcast as well, because, and I really think, you know, I'm going to say it publicly, I think every once in a while it would, it would be good for both of us just to do the show together. Right, I agree. Because I really think that we have covered a lot of powerful stuff and that we're being so authentic today. And not that we aren't always are, but sometimes we have to be, a, we think we have to be on our behavior because we have a guest. But <laughs> I do want to say, before we close, um, you know, we always are closing the show out with music that's written by Dr. Judy Blackwelder. And mm-hmm. there, I mean, I, she has sent me some songs that have blown me away just recently. But today we're going to end the broadcast with one of, I mean, every I was playing it before we went on the air, and it just, I feel a vibration go through my body, and it makes me want to cry every time. I'm about to do it now. So um, we're going to close the show today with Blinded by the Spirit. And um, the lead singer on this is Reverend Beth Beloit, who is one of our dear friends. But it is one of the most, it's probably one of my favorite songs that Judy's ever written. And when I have moments where I'm sad or I'm feeling not enough, if I play this song, it really takes me to a place of transformation. And I'm allowed to do that God-revealing thing within myself. So today we just want to leave you with this song, Turn Up the Speakers. and take a deep breath and feel the love 
that this song that Judy has written comes through with. And so um, any closing words from you before we go? You know, I'm just glad you're playing that song today because I think it speaks volumes to what we've been talking about. If I can be blinded or quit looking at the world the way I've been looking at it, but just be blinded by the spirit that lives and breathes and has its its beingness inside of me, my life is going to be totally transformed. Absolutely. So, folks, we leave you now. We only have a few minutes left. I want you to get part of this song, Blinded by the Spirit, written by Dr. Judy Blackwelder and performed by Reverend Beth Beloit, along with the choir at Unity of Music City. Until next time, goodbye. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.